What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Grassroots Conversations. I am Evan Savage. I'm the host of Grassroots Conversations. We are a podcast that is associated with Grassroots Church in Rockford, Illinois, where I also serve as the lead pastor. This podcast is designed to be a little bit of a conversation. There's going to be some solo stuff on here. There's going to be uh, some interviews, some other cool conversation type things, and uh, we're just going to have fun. Today's podcast, we are going to be giving a little bit of an update on you know how I'm feeling about the coronavirus pandemic, the COVID-19, the uh, everything uh, that is going on around us. The world, uh, the the, uh, imposed isolation, I guess, or the forced isolation, I suppose, that that we should call it. But uh, I can't wait to have this little conversation with myself and with you. Uh, So stick around and let's get to it. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. Um, Today, I just want to give a little bit of an update on... Uh, the coronavirus and some of my thoughts about it and some of my concerns where we're at. You know, we are coming really close to day 40 of the um, the isolation, the, the quarantine as, as people are calling it, uh, where we're being uh, forced to, on many levels, to just stay in our homes. Uh, businesses are closed, restaurants are closed, stores are closed. Um, it's such a strange time to live. Uh, and, you know, the first podcast I did in Grassroots Conversations was on the, on, uh, on the coronavirus. And specifically, it was on the uh, kind of how do we react to it? How do we, how do we go forward? Now that we're uh, in week six, I believe, this is our sixth week of doing this, we began quarantine the weekend before St. Patrick's Day, and it's such a such a weird time because you know, come mid February, I don't think anybody had uh, their had this in their mind. Nobody really had an idea of what was going to happen. Really, we weren't really thinking too heavily about uh, the coronavirus. I mean, there was some talk about it. People were starting to bump elbows and things like that. Um, but we, uh, really started to think about, um, what, uh, really just looking forward to, should I say, we were really looking forward to the, the springtime when he hits February, especially in North, North central Illinois, you start thinking, uh, by February, you start thinking about March, it's going to get a little bit warmer, and then April is going to be a little bit warmer, and then eventually it's going to be great outside weather, great time to uh, be around other people, and the festivals, I mean, March is the first really big festival time, uh, and we had to, in our city, Rockford, Illinois, we had to cancel really the first two big really big events in our city with Patty Fest and then uh, Melt Fest, which was a, a week after Patty Fest. And so that was a little bit sad for many people, but I don't think anybody foresaw, uh, you know, six weeks later, or almost six weeks later that we're, that we're still doing this. I think, I think a lot of times we were, a lot of people, including myself, were like, oh, maybe a few weeks, maybe a month, 
and and we'll be able to move past it uh and then and and continue and resume with regular life but the powers that be seem to uh seem to think differently and that's nothing against them they just they're they're going off of really great information really smart people um are are helping our elected leaders and our health officials to think about the ramifications of opening uh the economy things like that so uh, you know i get it and it, but it is super sad because we're we're coming up on may may's going to be here really quickly those kids are already out of school for the year which is super sad my oldest son is in kindergarten and and he doesn't and he hasn't been able to go to school for over a month and he always talks about it we didn't we haven't told him yet that school's not um that school won't be open for the rest of the year but he loves it he loves school and he loves his friends and teachers and it is sad for him. But uh, I just wanted to, a couple of things, just some updates. In the state of Illinois, which is where we are, if you're listening outside of Illinois, uh, I apologize. But uh, in the state of Illinois, there's been 150,000, slightly more than that, or maybe slightly less, 100, around 150,000 people tested for the coronavirus. Uh, there's 31,500 confirmed cases. And there is 1,350 deaths, which is about 4% of cases are resulting, currently are resulting in death. Now, uh, however, that that number has been been around 4% for uh, at least a couple of weeks. I kind of check the numbers, not every day, but I check the numbers at least once a week, and they've been around 4%. Um, And our... the, the county that Rockford mainly resides, which is Winnebago County, there are 195 cases, so almost 200 cases, which isn't bad for a city uh, and, a, and a county with about 300,000 people. It's not bad at all. Um, and then there are four deaths, which still translates to about 4%. So we're looking at a 4% fatality rate, which is extremely sad and is extremely concerning. Uh, again, you go back to February, I don't think, think about those four people who have died in our immediate, immediate region. There's, there's no, um, there's no way that they were thinking about, you know, a couple months from now that they would no longer be here. So it is very heartbreaking and it is very tragic. Every death is tragic. And so, uh, it kind of puts us into a little bit of perspective of, um, uh, where we stand and why we are doing what we are doing doing as a society that doesn't change uh other feelings and concerns and uh, other things that many people are are feeling for instance my my opinions on this is i am i miss and these are all personal and a little bit selfish but i miss being around other people i could you know my wife misses being around other people uh, being stuck at home all the time and trying to entertain three kids, five and under, uh, can get very tiring very quickly and very difficult very quickly. Um, and by the time they go to bed, you're just ready to just veg on the couch, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so, yeah, we miss being able to go out and about, being able to find entertainment. You know, the funny thing is when you're a parent and you have young children going out and doing things, even though you're, you're actively doing something, it is a break because your kids automatically become occupied with whatever you're out doing, whether it's for us, 
one of the things that we are currently looking forward to, whether it happens or not, who knows, but we love going to city market here in Rockford and yeah, we got to hold hands. We got to push strollers. We got to look around, but the kids are occupied by the stuff that's happening around them. So it is a little bit of a break for parents in general, when you go out, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's to do other things uh, and that, that can get hard. So I could tell you that um, through all of this, there's, Coming into week six, I do feel distinctively more, distinctively more, um, uh, mournful of the loss of community and the loss of being around people. I think every week it gets a little bit harder. I could tell you that my, um, my work ethic (laughs) has slowly been waning the more and more I'm kind of stuck in my house and my we've turned our office or our bedroom into the kind of half bedroom half office so I spend a lot of time as a lot of the time in our bedroom kind of working on stuff but I could tell you it's a struggle daily to, to stay focused and to stay activated in the work that I'm trying to do and it's really really hard uh to as every day goes by and it really does become like a like a Groundhog Day type uh, feeling because you're there, you can't really do anything. There's nothing to do. Um, the other thing that I'm really, really, really concerned about, of course, I'm concerned about the, the overall health of our community, but I'm really concerned a lot about the 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 economy of not only Rockford but other uh, culturally similar Rust Belt type cities to Rockford. Um, e- Rust Belt cities in general have been, uh, in the past 10 years, have really started to make a comeback uh, and really started to revitalize themselves. And uh, there's nothing, you know, and it's such a fragile revitalization because you're trying to build, uh, uh, you're trying to build up a city that that for 20-ish years or 30-ish years for many cities, maybe even 40 years, uh, had seen steady decline in, in its businesses and its economy and unemployment. And most of these Rust Belt cities now are really trying, really starting to make a turnaround. And that fragility uh, in being uh, really in its infancy in the turnaround is really, really, ca- this can be really, really hard for so many people. Uh, a lot of people are out of work. And a lot of people don't know if they're going to be able to go back to work, if those businesses are going to remain open. Um, I've talked to a couple of business leaders, and yeah, I mean, there's concerns. Even some of the more successful local businesses, there are still some heavy concerns about how they are going to survive this. What kind of business model change do they need to uh, have in order to be able to survive this. I mean, as a church, we meet at Prairie Street Brew House and uh, Prairie Street, you know, they close their doors for half the week now because they're just not making enough money for most of it. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's deeply concerning. The economy stuff is really, really uh, concerning for me. The other thing is, you know, if you if you pay attention to anything, you know, the news or you watch anything online, any sort of updates from anybody, you're going to really quickly figure out that uh, there's so much information and so much conflicting information. And then there, there are two camps. There's the medical camp, and then there's the economic camp. Um, and they both have equally valid points. I think a lot of times we tend to lean one way or the other. 
uh, whether it's like we listen to the medical officials or we listen to the economic officials. And I think both of them, even though they seem to be opposing, whereas the medical officials are saying, no, we need to keep it, keep society like this for uh, as long as possible. I think the economic people are saying, well, as long as possible means we need to open the economy uh, quicker than you, you are feeling we should. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of this kind of the, the strange information, especially people who are, who, who are already successful. It's really hard to listen to people who are already successful and, and this really doesn't affect their job. This really doesn't affect their livelihood. Um, try to tell a bunch of people who, yeah, it does affect their livelihoods. Try to tell them that, well, no, we should keep you from working for another month or two or maybe three months. It's such a, yeah, it, it's such a difficult thing to wrap your mind around. Uh, how do we move forward from this? And from a church perspective, you know, the hardest thing, you know, church, if, if you go to grassroots or, you know, anything about us, we are a church that values community almost above everything else. I mean, community is something that we truly are trying to push as a church, whether it's me or the leadership team or the elder team. We really want to push community, and this, and and there's nothing that is the enemy of community uh, as much as isolation is, especially forced isolation. And so, as a church, it's really difficult to start thinking about what do we do, um, what do we do going forward, what do we do uh, currently. That's a lot of questions that we've been asking. We're trying to do some stuff online, trying to create content, trying to uh, meet up on Zoom and do do all those things. But it's still difficult to really feel the community, to to feel the presence of other people around you. Uh, there's, something dis- there's something just different about uh, meeting and, and hanging out with people online than there is when you're in person. And you could see the body language, you could hear the inflections, the real inflections in the voices, you could see the emotions, you could, whether, you know, not huge emotions, but you could, you could have that human interaction that we just can't have right now. Um, and so for, as a church, we're just trying to figure it out. And then we, as a church also, in many churches around the country, uh, we're being asked to not do the things that we love to do, whether it's gathering on Sundays, whether it's helping out in the community, they're saying, please don't do that, just stay home. And all of those things are really, really hard uh, for people and really, really hard for uh, us as a church. And so um, I don't know the answer to the question of where we go from here. Uh, I think uh, as, a, as a people, as a, as a body of believers, we need to be praying for a, a swift end to this, as swift as possible, not saying that we put people in harm's way or we create a, a, a secondary wave of this pandemic, but that, that, that the healing will begin to happen, that the curve will begin to go down, that it will become safer for people to go out and engage with one another and go to restaurants. That's the one thing, you know, it's funny, the, uh, the things you miss when you don't have it. And I think a lot of that is, is just the ability to go to a restaurant or a movie, um, and and to, uh, kind of enjoy that, that kind of entertainment, uh, that stuff, when you don't have it, it's really hard. Uh, you, you begin to start realizing how much you actually enjoy those things and whether the community that surrounds those things or, 
just experiencing things with people who are also experiencing something similar to you. And so uh, this is what this wasn't a very long podcast, but I just wanted to kind of give an update and 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 where you know for grassroots, what we're going to try to do is we are going to try even harder than we've been trying to engage with one another in community. Uh, we're we're going to be hosting Zoom hangouts, things like that, uh, just to try to keep us as as much engaged with each other as possible. And you can invite friends, do all those things, doesn't matter. But the uh, we want to we want to try and. And in, 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 in continue uh, coming together and, and try and practice some level of normal, normalcy or as much as we can. Um, and I think a lot of churches are trying to do that as well. Um, we already do all of our services online, which is super weird. You know, I preach every Sunday or almost every Sunday. And it's, it's, it, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't think it's hard to speak into an empty room, but it's really hard to give a sermon when nobody is in there uh, to listen to it. So I hope and uh, I hope and pray you guys are staying healthy and safe. Um, and I cannot, I, I truly, even more today than yesterday, I cannot wait uh, to to engage in community once again with everybody. Um, but so that was just a little bit of an update. I hope you all stay safe. And I will talk to you later and uh, join us Sundays, 10 o'clock Facebook Live. And until then, we'll see you later. Bye.